So, but anyways, I'm, I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm glad to be able to share God's word. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Paul Diaz. I'm one of the pastors here at Family Life. And I'm primarily responsible for, for leading our worship team. That's, that's what I do here. I'm actually only part-time uh, here at Family Life. I work full-time outside of here. Um, but I'm excited to be able to do this today. Um, it's, been a, it's been a couple years since I preached. Um, I was supposed to preach last year. And uh, I was all scheduled. And, and, and I just, I don't know. I just, my wife and I have just been going through. We've just been going through. It just feels like... One thing after another kind of was, was coming down on us. How many of you have ever been there? It's like you just kind of get the, the feet knocked out from under you. And we, we lost my dad almost five years ago. And a couple of years ago, uh, we lost a sister-in-law very suddenly, uh, very unexpectedly. And, and we've just been going through different things in our, in our family. And uh, just personal, very personal things. Suffered, just suffered a lot of loss. And... Uh, I, I reached out to Pastor Chris. I said, "I am so sorry, but I just, I just don't, I just don't feel like there's anything in me right now." I, and, and this was a year ago, and and since that time, I think we've kind of, I feel like we're slowly coming around. Like I'm starting to get my feet back under me. I'm starting to feel like, okay, let's, you know, let's let's get back at it. And uh, so, about eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, I can't remember. Pastor Chris texted me. And uh, he said something like, hey, are you, are you ready to preach yet, or do I need to sick Sherry on you? And, um, and I thought, well, I don't really need any more gray hair, so um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead and do it. And so we set up, we set up the day and, and the date that he needed covered, and I'm like, okay. And how many of you ever sent the wrong emoji? I, uh, <laughs> for some reason, we had everything set up. And and I said I sent a thumbs down emoji, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what in the world, you know? And, and I right away I said, oops, you know. And he and he sent me back a response was like, he's like, was that a Freudian slip? And and then I said, well, I'm just glad it wasn't a different finger. <laughs> That's a true story. Ask him about it. But uh, no, nah, you you got to be careful what finger you send your boss. You know what I'm saying? So. But right after, you know, right after I agreed uh, to preach today, I just, I just felt like right away, like God was just impressing on my heart this morning to, to talk about worship. You know, it's such a, it's such a big deal for us. You know, why, why, have you ever wondered, like, why do we spend so much time singing songs? Like, why do, we, why do we do it? I started asking myself, like, why do we do it? Why do we spend, like, near, nearly half of our time together on Sunday morning and close to half of our time together on Wednesday. In fact, we one Wednesday a month here at Family Life, we devote our whole our whole Wednesday evening service to doing nothing but praising and worshiping. Why do we do that? And I started to, you know, just kind of wonder myself and felt like the Lord was opening up different things, showing me different things. And um and that's just kind of the avenue I want to go down today. Uh, why do we? I, I think sometimes we, we start to think like, oh, this is, just, this is just what we do in church. We come to church, we sing a bunch of songs, we hear a really good sermon, hopefully you'll hear one today, and then we go home. Like, that's, this is what church is, you know, we sing songs, hear a sermon, go home. But when you, look at, when you look at worship, when you look at singing, I want us to see 
this morning, not just primarily, but one, one aspect of it is it, it's a command. We are commanded by God to sing songs. Like we, that's what God wants us to do. When we come into church, we sing. Like, and, and it's a command from him. We see it throughout Scripture. Over, over 400 times there are references to singing, and 50 of those times it's in the form of a commandment. We are commanded by God to sing. And I don't want us to think, oh, no, here's, here's another commandment. Here's another thing that we got we to gotta toe the line with. You know, this is it. You know, we, it's another thing that we got to do. It's another, another discipline. And, and it can become that, but it doesn't need to be that. We need to realize, you know, there's a real benefit for us to, to sing together. And I think a couple of those benefits, just right off the top of my head, or, you know, it just encourages us you know when I hear you guys singing when we're up here man and, and we hear I know me and uh, the whole praise team and by the way I just love I love our worship team right now I love everybody on it we've got a great team I'm, I'm telling you as long as I've let it we've never been tighter as a group than we are right now I get an a awesome opportunity to work with these guys and they all every week their heart is about seeing God glorified it's not about us trying to show off or showcase talent. We want to see Christ glorified. And so, you know, and when we hear you guys, man, when we hear you singing, man, it like motivates us. It builds, it builds our faith, man. It is awesome to hear you guys. And, um, and that's just one of the benefits. I think another benefit is that, you know, when we sing songs, it kind of helps us remember truths about God. You know, we remember that God's a faithful God. We remember that God's a, a loving God. His love goes on and on and on and on. Those things, you know, when we put them into songs, they, they get into our minds and they start to penetrate. They start to reach into our hearts. How many of you can remember jingles, like commercials you heard when you were a kid, you know? Remember the, the Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial with the little kids sitting on the pier? My baloney has a first name. Yeah. Like that sticks with you. Like when you put something to music, it, 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 gets, into your, it gets into your mind. It reaches into your heart. And, um, you know, it, it, it works that way. I'll, I'll give you another for instance. I was, I was, I think, in my junior, junior or senior year of college. I can't remember which one it was. I was close to the end of, of my college and I needed to take an elective. So I decided to take this uh, American Lit class. And we had this professor named Professor Pelletier. And uh, he was real, he was a real eccentric fellow. You know, he, he, he used to freak everybody out because he would pray with his eyes open. You know, he'd start the class and, and he'd pray. And like, it seemed like whatever, wherever he was looking at, you know, it like became part of his prayer. He'd be like, thank you, Lord, for that window back there. It reminds us of your protection in storms. And I'm like, <laughs> he was just a real eccentric fellow. And so part of our final exam for this class was we had to memorize word for word the whole first stanza of the poem, The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. And I'm thinking, man, how am I going to remember this? You know, it's like one of these dark, you know, poems. Poe was like out there, like, and, and I'm like, and, and you got like gigged. Any, anything that was wrong in this poem, like you got gigged for it. You know, if, if you had a word out, if you missed a word, I mean, everything was, was, you know, you had to have it like down to the right word. And so I had a buddy of mine, he, he roomed right next to me, Chris Coletti. He was taking the class as well. 
And Chris and I got together to study for this final, and we decided to come up with a jingle for Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, the first stanza. <laughs> and it went like this. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, break, only this and nothing more. We nailed it, man. <laughs> we nailed it. <laughs> and that's what music does, right? It helps us to remember things. It helps us to remember things that we would ordinarily not really pay a whole lot of attention to. I couldn't tell you another thing about the raven. I have no idea what it's about, but I know the first stanza. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to share this morning two two stories, two biblical stories with you. Um, just, and they both have singing involved. In, but there's kind of different aspects of it that I kind of want to draw out, maybe compare and contrast a little bit. Um, and, and this morning is more of a teaching sermon. I, I don't want anyone here to think I'm up here trying to beat you up and I don't think you sing right. Or Listen, this is for me as much as it is for you. God has really showed me a lot just in the last few weeks of studying this. Um, but I want to look at an Old Testament story and I want to look at a New Testament story. The New Testament story we're going to look at is in Acts chapter 16. And it's the story of Paul and Silas. <clears throat> Acts chapter 16, and uh, these guys are on, the, they're on a missionary, they're on a, they're on a missionary trip, this is, they're, they're, they're in Philippi, they're spreading the gospel, they're, they're doing, they're working for God, they're, do, they're right where God wants them to be, they're doing what God wants them to do, and they, and they encounter this woman who's actually demon-possessed, and this woman was actually a slave who was owned by uh, different owners, and they used her, they used her to get money. Like they would charge, they would charge people to come and this woman would tell their future. She was a fortune teller. While Paul and Silas were in Philippi, this woman followed them wherever they went. They just like followed her everywhere. They mocked her. They were, these, these men are men of the most high God. They're here to tell you how to be saved, what you must do to be saved. And what she was saying was true, but it was like in a mocking way. And, and, and Paul just kind of had enough. He's like, no, this, this is not going to go on anymore. So he kind of puts his foot down and he casts this demon out of this girl. He casts it right out of her. And the owners of this girl were not very happy. Uh, they raised a real fuss. They get with the magistrates and they, and they pull, pull Paul and Silas in. They try them. They, they, uh, they sentence them to be beaten. And these guys are beaten and they get thrown into prison. And I want you to think about a prison, not, not like prisons we know. I mean, I know prisons today aren't a great place to be. But prisons back then were dungeons, okay? I mean, they were literally dungeons where... Human waste was on the floor. I mean, it was a nasty, nasty place to be. And, and there, here's these guys. They're in this prison. They're beaten, probably beyond recognition, probably to an inch of their life. They're shackled in this dungeon. And the story goes like this in verse 25 of chapter 16. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas are praying. And check out what they're doing. They're singing hymns to God. 
And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. He drew his sword because he thought everybody was gone and, and he was going to get in big trouble if, if everybody escaped. So he was like, I'm out of here. But Paul shouted to him, don't stop. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. This is an amazing story. I mean, these guys, you know, here they are in a, in a, in a rough spot, you know. I mean, and they're, and they're doing what God wanted them to do. They're just plugging away. I could just imagine them, you know, in this prison, and Silas was like, yeah, you just had to cast that demon out, didn't you? Just had to do it, didn't you, Paul? Look what you got us in. <laughs> but they decide to make an effort. They decide, and this is sometimes where the sacrifice of praise comes in, you know, when you're weary and when you're beaten and when things aren't going the way you think they should be going and life has kind of dealt you a blow. These are the times where you have that gut check where you say, you know what, I got to press in anyways. I got to push in. I got to praise God anyways. And that's what they did. And it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. I, believe me, man, my wife and I have been there the last few years. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many Sundays I've come in here just weary, just weary to the bone and, and had to lead worship and, 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 and done those things. And, and, and honestly, there's times where, where you just feel like you're going through the motions, you know. And, and, but God says, you know, look, just push through anyways. This is the sacrifice of praise. This is worth it. Because when we start to praise, when we worship God, when we worship him, he just does something in our hearts. And he did an amazing thing for Paul and Silas. He actually cast them right out of the prison. The jailer ends up, ends up taking them in, and the jailer starts to minister, starts to, heal, starts to heal their wounds, starts to bandage them up. And how many of you know, man, when we start to praise God, there's a healing that takes place. It starts to, it starts to happen in us. And uh, it's such a dynamic thing to see. And then the second story is an Old Testament story. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it's the story of Jehoshaphat. Let me turn to it. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Now Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. At this point in, in Israel's history, Israel was divided at this point. Um, the, the northern part of the kingdom was known as Israel, and the southern part is known as Judah. And Jehoshaphat was actually the king of Judah. There was a king in Israel at the time. I can't, I think it was Ahaz. But anyways, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And uh, he was actually a pretty decent king. Uh, he kind of dropped the ball a little bit towards the end of his reign. But um, for the most part, he, you know, he, he, did think, he did a lot of pretty good things. Well, he's in his kingdom. He's reigning. And all of a sudden, he gets news that three armies have banded together. Three countries have banded together. And they're headed right towards Judah. They're getting ready to pounce on Judah. They're getting ready to, to just break loose. And so Jehoshaphat does a pretty smart thing. He orders everyone in the kingdom to pray, to pray and to fast and to seek God. And so that's what, that's what these people were doing. They're in Jerusalem. They're, they're starting to flock into Jerusalem to seek God. We need answers, God. What are you going to do? How, how, what should, how should we handle this situation? And I'll pick this up in, in verse 13 of chapter 20. It says this. 
All of the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. And I think it's pretty interesting that Asaph, if you trace Asaph back, he was actually one of the chief musicians in David's kingdom. So there's kind of a little connection here. So he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, stand firm, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all of the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. And then early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And look at this, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. This is another amazing story. It's the story of God's faithfulness. A story of... What happens, you know, when we face different things, you know, this was a kind of a totally different thing that Paul and Silas were going through. I mean, in a way it was different, in a way it was, a, it was something kind of out of nowhere came, comes up, but they, but they handled it a little different. There's a little bit of a different progression in this story. The progression is they hear the news, they stop, they seek God, they get a word from God, and they obey the the word of God, and then they start to sing. And after they start to sing, God just kind of unleashes on this, on this enemy. And the Bible says that by the time they got over to where these armies were, these armies end up like turning against each other. They end up slaughtering each other. And, and the people of Judah never even had to raise a spear. I mean, God just annihilated them by, by basically, they just wiped each other out. By the time Judah gets over there, there isn't a person standing. They're all, they're all defeated. And it's, the Bible says that it took them three days to carry all the plunder, all the equipment that they gathered up. It literally took them three days to get it all back to Judah. That's how many, that's how many people were there. And, you know, I, I started to think about this. And, and there's, 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 Pastor Chris last week was kind of talking about the spectrum, you know, the spectrum of giving our hearts to God and you know we're all kind of at different points on the spectrum and I think I think our worship is kind of the same way there's kind of this spectrum where you know we're just weary like God I am just so burned out right now I, it is so hard for me to praise you right now 
And then there's this other, this other spectrum kind of at the far end where I just heard from God and he's going to do this and I believe it and I'm going to march forward and he's going to give me victory. You see that there's a whole different kind of one end and, and, and the other end is like, oh God, I just don't know how. But I think we're all kind of somewhere in between. And wherever you're at, can I tell you this morning, it's okay where you're at. It's all right. Believe me, I, I know what it was like to, for, for my wife and I to, to be able to worship God through those tough times. It's not easy. I get it. But it's okay. You just worship him where you are. And he's going to bring you, I believe, eventually to that victory. Don't stay where you're at. Can I tell you that? Keep pushing through until you get that word from God, until he speaks to your heart. Keep pushing through and be able to praise him again. I want to just share one last scripture verse with you. It's found in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. You know, we're supposed to worship in spirit and in truth. Can I tell you this morning, it doesn't matter what songs we sing. It doesn't. It's not about the song that we sing. It's about the worship that we give through the song. That's what it's all about. And in John chapter 4, it says this, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So in other words, it's like this. We can sing all the top 20 songs on Caleb. We can sing all the top 20 songs on Air One Radio. But if we're just going through the motions, we might as well not even do it. We might as well just stay home. We might as well not sing. But we have to worship in spirit and in truth. And I think that's what Pastor Chris was kind of hitting on in this series. Like, look, our spirits are our hearts. You know, we need to, we need to be bringing our hearts before God in song and in deed and the things that we do, how we treat one another. Those are all acts of worship. And praise is a wonderful act of worship, but it has to be done in worship. Songs have to be sung in worship. We can't just be singing songs because we like the tune or we, we think it, it just gave me goose pimples. Man, we got to get our hearts behind it and learn it and, and, and just allow God to just kind of penetrate and do what he needs to do in us. And that's, that's kind of what I just really feel like God's been laying on my heart these past few weeks to share with you all this morning. And I thank you for this time that you allowed me to be here. Um, I, it's been a little while since I preached, a little rusty, but that's okay. I want to leave you with this thought this morning. Mark uh, Batterson wrote this in, in a, he, he wrote this uh, all in manifesto. And uh, this is part of what he wrote. He said, don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. I'll read that again. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right about God. I think there's always going to be something in our lives that's kind of going to be a hindrance. I kind of get that. Kind of figured that out. <laughs> Maybe the hard way. But I think there's always going to be that, that, that struggle. That struggle, as long as we're in these bodies... There's going to be that struggle where, okay, God, I, I just, I don't know, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. Listen, don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. There is so much that's right about him. There's so much that he deserves our glory no matter what we're going through. 
He deserves that time that we spend with him in song. That's his time. That's not for us. There's not some Godometer that he's looking, okay, you didn't reach it yet. Keep singing. You know, like, like the movie Elf where there was that clausometer, you know, where they had to keep singing the songs and the, the clausometer wrote. God doesn't have that. He di- Honestly, he doesn't need our praise. He's already all powerful. He's already living in our hearts. He's already all that we need. But he just wants us to praise him. He wants us to worship him. Can you pray with me this morning? Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for for your truth, God. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it penetrates, it pierces us. Lord, I thank you for this teaching, Lord. I know that you've convicted me in many ways, God. And and, and Lord, I I pray that you'd help me to see that, Lord, when we stand here on on Sunday mornings and we stand here on Wednesday nights, we're, we're worshiping you in spirit and in truth. It's not... It's not just about the songs, Lord. We really don't even need songs to worship you, God. But we, when we give those songs, Lord, it's, it's out of our hearts. It's out of the abundance of our hearts that you're already there, God. You've already filled us with, with everything that we need to live for you, God. I pray that you'd help us see that this morning, each one of us, God, me included. Lord, help us to see that you're more than enough. That that praise comes from you, God. It's because of the breath that you breathe into us, Lord, that we can worship you. We just want to turn back and give it to you. Lord, I pray that you challenge us today. I pray that you challenge us to, to give more, Lord, to, to not be afraid to sing out, to not be afraid to raise hands, to not be afraid to shout, to not be afraid to bow before you, God, to not worry about what the person next to us may be thinking, God. I just pray that you give us that liberty to worship you unashamed unashamedly God just let us worship you in a deeper way this week let it start this week Lord let it start in our own personal time with you where we where we just want to lift up songs to you where we want to praise your name Lord challenge us this week I pray in Christ's name amen can you stand with me together I just want to bless you I want to give you just take this with you. Take it with you. I'm taking it with me. I'm taking it with me. I'm, I, I just want to I want to be a person who's real about my worship. I don't want to just go through the motions up here. And I hope that we're a church that's the same way. Amen. Hey, before you leave, um, our prayer team will be coming up here to pray. If you have need in your life, make sure you pray, get prayer. And also, we are having uh, Duncan with the pastors this morning. I know Pastor Chris isn't here, but Pastor Mike Sabella and Pastor Tyler and myself will be out here. Uh, We'd love to meet you. If you want to come say hello to us and eat a donut, we'd love to have you. So Lord, we just pray your blessing upon us. Help us to be encouraged today, God, to be better worshipers, to give you everything that we are and all that we do.